Hi, this is Nathan. We're just about to have a time of humor, analysis, and excitement. Would you like to join us? Then get ready, because you never know what'll happen when you listen to the WADFAM Chalkpod. Bill Waller left an angry comment on a post I made. Oh, I wasn't I mean, angry. It was a Bill plug. Waller <laughs> left a kind of passive-aggressive post comment on a post I made. Did I know about that? Welcome to the Wadfam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And uh, we're, we're here today to talk about episode 324, Small Fires, Little Pools. Little Pools and Small Little Fires. Pools. Little Pools. <laughs> New rap name, I call it. Um, that was supposed to be my joke. Oh, <laughs> my bad. Uh, you, sound very, you sound very uh, downtrodden. Like, like, I'm downtrodden. Like, whoa, what a strange word that that is. Small fires, little pools. So yeah, uh, this, is an ep- this episode is episode two on album 25, Darkness Before Dawn. Um, mm-hmm. and a- an album that from here on out, we'll, we will be covering in its entirety, but the first episode is not related. So that's fun. Yeah, you, you, you gotta wonder why, but I guess like, this being kind of early Odyssey, I mean, not really, but like, you know, within the first 10 years, like this is the, is this the yeah. first time where they've been like, we're going to do an entire album to a plot thing that's pretty serious? I think so. I think so. And so they just couldn't the, quite like do the, it. The, the one that's all structured after the Lord's Prayer is... Like they're no, they've done kind of theme albums before. Well, they've done theme albums, but those are different adventures. This is like that's okay. That's true. This is this like is all blacker stuff. Art. It's all yeah. serious. It's like you know, this is uh, like the battle lines kind of. Album. Yeah. Okay. No, that that that's that's fair. Um, I just think it's so funny that they were like on the you know on the <laughs> on the uh, proverbial threshing floor, and they were like, well. We can't do all of it, so... Yeah. Somebody come up with something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Maybe. There's, there's a, yeah, there's a little blurb in the, in the uh, official guide that's like, yeah, we, we talked about doing... Um, we we, we kind of... It started as six, and then expanded to eight, then nine, then it was at 11. Then we talked about doing 12... And thought about cutting the first episode, but then we just decided to do that first episode and make it eleven. Thank goodness that they thought about it, and yeah. Then went the other way. Um, the the other thing that's interesting to bring up is the this whole darkness before dawn miniseries was initially designed to be the conclusion to adventures in odyssey really yep i did not know that they were like this is gonna tie up all the loose ends we have our big villain come back we wrap all the things up in a nice tight bow and then we come up with you know some new thing that will take the place of adventures in Odyssey, um, but not be Odyssey. Not continue these storylines with these characters in this way. Um, but then as they were plotting it out, um, they just realized that like they had to keep going after this. Well, yeah. I mean, to end Odyssey with Wit not even being there? Well... But at this point, Hal Smith had died. True. So, true. So, what were they gonna do? Yeah. No. I guess. I guess that this is the. Uh, that that is a logical, a logical conclusion to come to. Right. It just like it. I think it does. I think it does make sense at the, at the time to try and make this the conclusion. But obviously, they changed that up 
went a different route. And uh, yeah. It's so interesting for me to think about the concept of Odyssey ending, like them like intentionally being like, and that's it. Right. Yeah. Because (laughs) for my entire existence and conscious experience of Odyssey, it's been like, this is just a perpetual thing that always exists and it will always exist. Right. Well, and like, because even time, if it's not good, it will always be there and they will always be making new episodes. Yeah. Well, because every time they've had a chance to, you know, have Wit die or bring the show to a conclusion or any of that stuff, they don't. Yep. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. Like, I think that that's some of the, I think the gross continuity of it all is some of the charm of the show. Oh, I definitely agree. It's got that back catalog where it's like only true fans have listened to 900 plus episodes of this show. Yeah, and I don't think that I'm a true fan at this point. (laughs) I mean, maybe not in like the up-to-date sets, Andrew, but we're recording our 75th episode of a podcast talking about the show. True. So true, true, we're true. not true fans. Yeah, I don't know we're, what we're, we are. Yeah. I mean, we've been recognized by the Hoobs himself, indirectly. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Waller has left a comment on a post I made. There Katie it is. Katie Lee has liked posts I've made. We are kind of connected to the show. Barely. We should be, though, I think. Maybe. I think it's good for Odyssey's brand to embrace us as critics of their show. <laughs> it shows right. that their, their, their show appeals to a wide demographic. And, uh, and while, you know, we may not support 100% of everything that they do, that we, we have a very strong uh, and overarching love for, for what they've made, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think we I think I think we're good for the Odyssey brand. Tweet at us. Odyssey tweet, tweet at us. Sponsored by Odyssey. No. We, nope. we do not take any of their money, though we would if it was offered. Um, oh, 100%. I need some of that sweet sweet Colorado Springs, Colorado money. <laughs> All right, getting back to the episode at hand, uh, it first aired July 22nd of 1995, a whopping six months after A Code of Honor. And finally, this episode was written and directed by Phil Waller. Um, With all that out of the way, I think I'll roll the promo. You cool with that, Andrew? I would like nothing else. Vandals are on the loose on the next Adventure in Odyssey. The town of Odyssey is paralyzed when vandalism hits the streets, and Wits End is one of the targets. When the police have no leads, everyone is asking who's responsible, and what does all this have to do with Jack's mysterious dreams? Find out next time on Adventures in Odyssey. So that was a promo. I only have two words to describe that. Sinister maracas. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. Sinister maracas. (laughs) It was like, is that supposed Um, to be a rattlesnake? What's going on here? Dude, maybe Sinister maracas is my band name. Yeah, that's a good one. That's 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 more your vibe. That's more the indie band situation. Yeah, I think. and then we can do a song featuring Lil Pool. Lil Pool. <laughs> My raps are exclusively about how crappy like uh uh above ground pool water is on your eyes. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, <laughs> Let's get into the episode. I guess so. <laughs> we, uh, we, we begin on a news report from uh, not Link Wainwright, but Brock Peterson. Oh, wait a second. We didn't talk about the cast, Andrew. Oh, we didn't. You're right. 
who do we have here? Because this episode is chock full of people. Yep. Um, so Brock Peterson is being voiced by Corey Burton, which is fun. Um, you know, our Brian Dern and also Cad Bane. Um, uh, we've got, <laughs> and Count Dooku, but, but more importantly, Cad Bane. Um, and uh, we've got um, John Burdick in here voicing Brian Butch Evans, um, oh boy. A, a local uh, Bones of Wrath member. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, cool person. Um, we have our, uh, we've got Bob Luttrell as Officer Phelps and also the plumber. Um, <laughs> and then we've got our normal cast of, of fun people back. We've got, we've got Jack, no, uh, no Jason this episode, but we've got Jack and we've got Connie. Dale Jacobs is there. Lucy, Sam Johnson, Tom, Bart. It's just, it's a, it's a, it is a full cast. Oh, Pastor George Barkley. Or yeah. Pastor George Barkley. Um, really fun. Um, yeah, I was just, I was like, oh man, once again, we just have like a very full town of Odyssey and I am excited about it. So here for it. I mean, it makes sense that, you know, especially if they were thinking about ending things that they would want to have it. Uh, I just got very, very um, curious about, about Butch Evans or Brian Evans character. So he only, he shows up in 301 as the good, the bad and the butch. Right. And then he shows up here. Um, and then he is back in uh, 338 for the Easy Money episode. Um, the one where I think I, like the one kid buries his money. Uh, and, then, and then he gets his own wrap-up in episode 500, which I find incredibly interesting. No, 500 is a clip show. Oh. It's the episode right after um, the finale of Novacom. And it's mm-hmm. it's just clips from earlier in the show, so okay. it was just big enough to make the clip show. That's my goal in life, just big enough to make the clip show. Oh man, imagine if we were in episode one thousand, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh good heavens! Uh... What what episode do you think that they would pull from? <laughs> uh, you know, probably. Uh, Modesty is the best policy. That that's the one that everyone loves unequivocally, right? Yep. Oh or yeah, like that's a, the one a, that we a, definitely had the most positive review about. Or a or a Twilight Zone episode that everyone was so glad we covered. Um, <laughs> it's so sad. Nobody likes those. <laughs> Pink is not my color. Maybe yeah. I don't know. We we've got we've got a lot of great episodes. That's all I'm saying. Maybe they pull it from the uh, from the Kissing in Odyssey mini bonus episode. Oh, is that is that still up? Yeah. Heck yeah. All right. <laughs> Anyways. A new goal. We're working for a clip show now, Chalk Squad. We're working for the clip show. <laughs> we just have to make it to our own episode 500 so we can do a clip show. Oh, good God. <laughs> <laughs> that would require 10 years of this podcast. And I'm sorry, Chalk Squad. It ain't happening. Yeah, one of us is probably going to have kids at that point, and that's going to gonna put a damper on things. I don't know. Maybe we come back once we have kids. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I see this as, as a switchfoot hiatus situation where we take a little bit of time off, and then, you know, our love is reignited. About an album length's worth of time. Yeah, exactly. About, like, you know, like three years, maybe. The, the normal time between albums. Yeah, we just, we just take that off, and then we come back with a new one. Yep. <laughs> the number of times we've had this conversation. Um, <laughs> so we start with newscaster. What? Nothing. Continue. You're, okay. What you're saying is more important. <laughs> we start with newscaster Brock Peterson um, doing a report on vandalism at Odyssey Community Church, the one church in Odyssey. Um, and it's yeah, not and it's denominational. A, um, it, it was interesting because they said it's like one of the most uh, well-respected uh, places of worship. And I'm, I, my thought immediately was, there's more than one? <laughs> yeah. Is there a synagogue in Odyssey? Oh, 
I mean, I'd enjoy that. No, wait, no, not the way Odyssey handles things. I would not enjoy that storyline. I take it back. Um, what if there's a there's like a twelve part saga about the Messianic Jews? <laughs> uh, are you gonna co-write that one, Andrew? Um, Only if Nathan Hubler comes. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, they mentioned George Barkley being the, uh, interim pastor at that church, which is a fun storyline that Andrew and I have talked about covering. So I don't know, maybe that'll happen at some point. The pastor George Barkley saga. Um, uh, and yeah, the whole thing is just, you know, this continuing this theme that I want to mention again, we last heard about six months ago that uh, that vandalism is on the rise in Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. The whole basically what's happening is there's just a there's a lot of baddies doing bad things, and they so they vandalized the church and they what they broke windows, they painted like they presumably spray painted stuff. Yep. Um, there is a, they they broke the stained glass. Yeah. And they, yeah, which, there was there was eggs involved. Um, oh yeah, yeah. There's Wits End gets trash strewn over the ground. I don't remember if that happens at at OCC or not, but uh, I'm I'm assuming I'm assuming that what happened at Wits End was just like a slightly lesser thing, but it was the same. Like yeah. they just dumped out a bunch of garbage and they spray painted the walls and they um uh I don't know if there were eggs involved. I don't think Connie mentioned eggs. Yeah. She does mention trash, though, so maybe... A maybe, lot of trash. Maybe those are eggs. Um, so, yeah, and then... Uh, uh, then we cut to Jack screaming in his bed. Yeah, it's pretty haunting. I'm not going to lie. Don't. What? You said you're not going to lie, and I said don't. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, so, so he will never make the clip show if I'm dishonest. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So he's yelling like, don't do it and stuff and wakes up and it was this nightmare he had. Um, and it's like 6am and then his phone rings. Yep. And it's officer Phelps. Phelps? Phillips. I'm gonna it, I mean, it says check. Phelps on the wiki. Oh, it does say Phelps on the wiki. Okay, because I have Phelps in my notes, but I yeah. didn't know if I had heard it. But correctly. I think Officer Phillips is a character. I think so. At too, another time, but Captain that might Phillips. be Novacom stuff. Um, yeah. Tweet at us. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and so he he calls Jack because Jack is the manager of Wits End, which I thought was interesting that it is that Jack gets the manager title and Jason gets the not the manager title um yeah or well, maybe there's co-managers like, um, ah assistant to the regional manager situation i hate you um, i know and and then uh <laughs> um yeah uh, officer phelps lets jack know that witsend has been vandalized and jack rushes over to witsend and very similarly to last episode has that reaction where he is distraught, but you can tell through his performance that it's more than just seeing the wreckage that has him distraught. And I think it's amazing that Alan Young can communicate that. Yeah, that's the thing that I, he's just so good at this, and he does this role super well. Um, the theme of this episode is spiritual warfare and like the idea that um, that you can communicate something that's not even physical through audio is so impressive. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I mean, yeah. And the props the, to him. Yeah. Absolutely. He seems so deeply troubled, but like not because there's garbage because Jack is the kind of person to be like, well, these are just things and it'll be okay and we'll figure it out. But, right. but he knows that like, you know, there is something much greater at work here and it's greater than what we're seeing. Absolutely. And like, yeah, we got to give some credit to the sound design as well for pulling that off. But 
but it is yeah it's really it's really great and that yeah that just through audio not through anything jack's really any words he's saying it's communicated of like is this like was this what his dream was about like we kind of get that sense yeah and it's i yeah it just kind of blew me away um and so uh also mayor riley tom Mm -hmm. is is at the uh is at wit's end as well just because he has um Mm -hmm. you know he he's he's known to be associated with wit's end um and jack reveals that uh, Jason is out of town on business, which I find what really business? interesting. Yeah, exactly. Like, Jason's isn't the only... whole thing is that he doesn't have business, and that's why he's in Odyssey, right? Like, like he left all that behind, and it's just unless unless it is somehow wits end related business, he's at an ice cream convention. Clearly, right? Well, yeah, that that's I, or or he's like mourning he... the loss of Tasha and eating his feelings at an ice cream convention. If that's oh. not canon, somebody needs to tell me because yeah. I will not believe it. Hey, I mean, maybe, maybe he also, maybe he took wit spot on like the universal press foundation board or something. Yeah. He's, he's doing that. I'm yeah. It's very unclear. So, um, yeah. And, and Tom is obviously, uh, unnerved by this. Um, he's, this is this is a really good Tom episode. I love Tom in this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that he is super. I mean, he's super headstrong. He's very cool, calm, collected. You know, despite this actually, you know, very serious issue that this is kind of turning out to be. Um, and then, so this is when Jack explains to Tom about uh, his dream, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we kind of reveal the whole reason Jack is so distraught is mm-hmm. is he had this this dream, and Tom's like, "What? You saw Witsend being destroyed in your dream?" And he's like, "No, nah, that's not really how dreams work. I had the there was this place in my dream where I felt safe and secure, and it was being destroyed." Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes on to say that's not all. There were, he was in the woods, and there were these little fires popping up, and then pools of water appeared and put out the fires, um, which is really cool imagery. Yeah. And also the title of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, man, just, I don't know. I know we already said this, but, man, Jack is so good, like, and the writing for Jack is so good, like, to try and convey something so non, yeah, non-material like that. And especially something as unique as, as uh, almost, I, I, I mean, I hesitate to use the word prophetic, but it's something like that. Um, dreams. I don't know. I just think it's, yeah, it's really powerful imagery. Um, yeah. actually what it makes me think of, uh, and it always has, I don't know if you're familiar with like the old web browser game, uh, Fireboy and water girl. It was like a cooperative puzzle so. game where there's these little tiny cute, like there's one guy who's made of fire and he has some special abilities and there's one girl who's made of water and she has special abilities and it's like a puzzle game Dude, that and they walk around, but they so always, much. they, they leave little pools of water behind them and they leave little tiny fires behind them as okay. well yeah so yep that makes there you go. sense but no chalk no, squad if like you that get that deep cut uh reference please let me know that i'm not the only one <laughs> there you go um and so yeah the they it's also revealed that finneman's market was hit mm-hmm. last that last night as well um same time as wit's end because the they can't clean up until the photographers get there because um, the photographers are currently at Finnemans. Um, yep. Yeah, they can't do any cleanup because this is when Connie shows up, right? Yeah, yeah. Connie's there and she wants to, she's like, can I get started cleaning this stuff up? And they're like, yeah, you got to hold off a little bit. Um, cut and to this the is next when... scene where Connie is cleaning up. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, and this is kind of when Tom gets dragged away, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom gets... His secretary picks him up. Uh, this is such... I don't know. For me, this is such a good, like, yeah. like Tom moment where he's like, I'm coming, I'm coming. Yeah, the, the Sam and Lucy scene happens before that, but... Yeah. But that does... So, Sam and Lucy um, are... They, they see uh connie cleaning up at wit's end and they learn about the vandalism um and they're just kind of both in this weird state of just being like like what do we do about this because nobody knows who's doing this like the bones of wrath are thrown around but they don't really think because obviously they're just kind of like juvenile delinquents right uh right. it seems a bit intense for them um yeah especially with so much vigor like Right. You know, if they had vandalized just Wits End like one time, like, okay, maybe. But like, right. they're clearly, it seems like it's out of their depth. Yeah. Well, and you also always get the feeling, or at least I do, that the Bones of Wrath like Wits End. Oh, 100%. Like, well, because Rodney's there all the time. Like, it doesn't feel like a place that they would target because, no. like, they also are, are fans of. Yeah, they would they would definitely target like the school or the library or something like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Woodsand doesn't seem like the the target. And even the church seems weird for Bones of Wrath. Like Mm -hmm. that feels like too loaded for them to go after. Yeah. Um, and Sam kind of makes a comment about a superhero. Um and then Tani ends up telling Jack about it later. Yeah. Yeah, and the- Sam and Lucy kind of show up at wit's end while Connie's cleaning things up. And she's like, you know, can and they ask if they can help her out. And she's like, no, no, I think we've more or less done all we can do um, until the painter and plumber get here, um, which the plumber thing was interesting. I was like, huh, what plumbing was affected by this? Yeah, that was curious. I mean, yeah. They didn't break any windows or anything like that. Wait, they did break, or they didn't break windows, but why would that have to do with a plumber? Well, no, but like, that's what I'm thinking. Like the damage seems to be purely cosmetic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think that they broke into it. Oh, wait, no, no. They they smashed sprinklers in the front yard. Oh, that's right. So that would be why there's plumbers. Good call. Good call. Thank you. I just saved us from a tweet storm. Yeah, um, that would have been gnarly and definitely yeah. not appreciated for the little human interaction that I get in this dark time. Oof. Um, so <laughs> Sa- Sam and Lucy are headed to Trickle Lake um, to fish. They're biking there, and Connie comments on that being a really far bike ride, um, which I mm-hmm. thought was interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like one of the few times when somebody talks about somebody biking somewhere and they're like, wow, that's quite far. Right. Like, I mean, the other, like, the other time oh, is always Tom. I got my bike. Always, yeah. The other time that's always brought up is Tom's farm being like, yeah. far away from everything. But Yeah. And even then, I'm pretty sure that's only within the context of walking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And like a long walk is like, I don't know, three miles, four miles. Right. A long bike ride. Like you can go 10 miles. Pretty easily on a bike. Oh yeah. Like I mean, that that that, that's about an hour, depending on how fast you're going. But well, and and you know, depending on the terrain. Uh, No, absolutely. But and whether they make a you know a lunch stop or something. Yeah, and these are also children, so there's that (laughs) as well. These are children, true. Right. Um. (laughs) This has a great line from this interaction that for whatever reason is one of the uh is one of the ones that stuck stuck in my head um Mm -hmm. but it's it's the kids talk sam talking about how he wishes he was a superhero um and he could catch all the people before they do the stuff like this um and like you know fly with the wind or or whatever and uh connie's like or not connie um lose Lucy goes, excuse me, Connie, I have a fishing date with the wind. 
Oh yeah, I'm so glad that you remembered that too because that is something that I was listening to that I thought the same thing. I have a fishing date with the wind. Also, date. Yep. Whatever. <laughs> Love is in the air in Odyssey. You heard it here first, folks. Love is in the air in Odyssey. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, this, this is the point at which, uh, as w- at which Tom gets called away. Um, his secretary, Penny, shows up and is like, hey, Tom, you got to go. You've got a statement to make. And so he leaves. Yeah. Um, and then Jack and Connie um, talk, and Connie talks about the kids and Sam mentioning, like, wanting to be able to stop things before they happened and kind of that whole thing. And Jack's like, huh, that gives me an idea. Little pools. And then um, and then Connie's like, huh? And he's like, uh, just, just, like, leave for a moment. I've got a call to make. Shut the door behind you. Um, and we hear him calling the operator and saying that he needs a number in Connellsville. Um, and so, clearly... Um, Jack is calling Billy McPherson. Of Code of Honor fame. Yes. And of, uh, and Billy also... Little Pools McPherson. No, no, no. He's Billy Jonathan McPherson. True. He, he, he was known as Jonathan back when he was an Israelite. True, 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 true. Back when he was one of the chosen people. Um, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Um, and uh yeah and then we we jump oh sorry did you have something else you want no, to say no 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 go 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 for it uh i was just gonna say we we jumped then to well like that would be like a commercial break and we come back and it's a uh it's a news report um and covering tom's statement yep um which is so good it's such a yeah. good transition. I love it when Odyssey does this. Yeah, it, I do too. It's his And in um, other news, the Statue of Liberty comes to Odyssey. Yep. Blake <laughs> Wainwright, Channel 10 News. That was a good impression. Thanks. You'll get to do yours in like five minutes. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> um and so and so Tom um yeah, Tom Tom reveals that he's um, allocating funds to these businesses for repairs. He's um, asked the police force to beef up their patrols. Um, the department has, we get interviews from three reporters, which I think is great. We get Dale Jacobs, of course, to start off. Um, and then we get the our kind of reporter narrator for this episode, Brock Peterson. Um, and, you know, Tom explains that that the uh, police department has a couple leads, but no suspects. They're not planning a curfew at this time. Um, Which seems very intense to be like, all right, there's vandalism, curfew. Yeah, but also this is a big deal for the small town of Odyssey. Yeah, I don't know though, because like I feel like how long could they realistically instate a curfew? Yeah. And then, like, so all they would have to do is just not do anything for, like, two weeks and then just come back. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Bigger and better than ever. Bigger and better, folks. Both we pull a Chicago things. fire situation and just, like, light half the town on fire. Oh. I don't know. I'm thinking, how are they, how are they building from here? And I'm thinking mass fire. I mean, we've already burned down Tom's barn. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and Blackard's store. Yeah. Store? No, Blackard's castle. Yeah, yeah. Which is now the Electric Palace. Once a castle, now a palace. Um, is that a step down or a step up? Uh, palace definitely seems more opulent, whereas castle seems more strategic. True, 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 true. It, it's hard. It's harder to take a castle than a palace, but probably less comfortable. I yeah. think it depends on how how uh, bougie this castle is. Ah, the bouginess has an effect. The bougie factor. <laughs> um, um, I love it when we do that. 
Yeah, when we say um at the same time. Yeah, it's my great. favorite. Good bet. So the the final final person to to interview is uh is Brian Dern, um, who asks Tom why he waited until Wit's End was hit to do anything, and Tom's like, I'm not gonna dignify that with a response. Which, ouch. Yeah. I mean, is that a good call? This is an honest question. Do you think that that's a good call? On Tom's part? Yeah. No, I, I, I don't. It, it seems like there has been a lot of petty vandalism, but we even hear him talking outside the church saying that, like, they're looking into what they can do. They're going to, you know. Yeah, I feel like that could have been very easily like, squashed by him being like, well, this isn't true. Right. We've been working on this for a while. And two places were hit last night pretty bad and the church the day before. So, like, it's been building to this point and we just have our ducks in a row now. So we're going for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, and then we jump to uh, the the fishing outing. Um, yeah. Where we find out that this was Lucy's first time fishing. And she They're did so a cute together. way better job than Sam. Oh, and yeah. It, it makes for this really fun interplay where... Um, Do Sam and Lucy Sam's ever like, get together? I don't, I don't think that's really a romantic thing in the show. It should be, man. That's a missed opportunity. They were so cute. Yeah, but, like, I'm also a big fan of, like, cute guy-girl relationships that don't become romantic. Oh, no, 100%. But I feel like there's so few in this show as far as, like, that actually become romantic. Yeah, well, I mean, that's because we're dealing with, like, middle school kids at the oldest. Don't make a joke about middle school, Andrew, please. (laughs) I bit my tongue and did not. Um... So, yeah, so that <laughs> Sam's like, well, I, like, picked out your fishing spot. And she's like, well, you also picked out your own fishing spot. And he's yeah. like, well, I picked out a spot where I could chase stuff to you. And she's like, oh, is that why you fell in? And he's like, like oh. for the last time, I stepped in. Up to your <laughs> and neck. And she's like, up to your neck. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so, oh, it's so cute. Mm. Yeah. Uh yeah, such good back and forth. It is. Um, and also, what then, did they do? Is this a catch and release situation, or are they yeah. stranded with just a bunch of fish? No, I think I think they I think they did a catch and release. What are your opinions on catch and release fishing? Because I find it deeply unsatisfying to not be able to eat what you have caught. Oh, I think it depends on what your what your goal is when you're going into it. If you're just trying to find a way to spend like a good afternoon. Versus if you're trying to catch stuff that you want to eat. What I would argue is that if you want to spend a good afternoon, it is made better by eating it. <laughs> that, that, that is my, yeah. my stance on it. However, I mean, I've done both. Done, done plenty of both. Yeah. So, Yeah. I do think it's fun that like two kids in a small town with no adult supervision are just like, yeah, let's go fishing. Like, yeah. It does. It feels like something of like a bygone era. Um, oh, one hundred percent. You see, this is what cell phones are doing to children. Yeah, the internet ruined. There's all no, of there's no TikTok here. All right. If this was now. Oh man, can you imagine fishing TikToks? They'd be. Oh, <laughs> that's our brand. No. <laughs> no, you you could take that on as your own project. You're the one with gobs of time. I, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna abstain. Uh, but I don't have any fishing equipment. That's my problem. I would fish a ton, but I don't have any poles. Well, you need to rectify that or just borrow them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely really should just do that. So, <laughs> so yeah, they, they then are like, we've been walking for a while and uh, we haven't come across our bikes yet. They're like, all right, let's stop and get our bearings and kind of look around. They're like, okay, that's the spot we were. That was that. That was the spot where we tied our bikes and our bikes are not there. So they, Which is so interesting because like, at least for me, I thought that they were just going to be lost. I completely forgot about the whole bikes getting stolen bit. Oh, yes. 
Yep. Um, Their bikes yeah, have so, been stolen. They chained them up, and now they are gone. And now they have to props walk to, back. Props to people in small town Odyssey actually locking their bikes. Yeah. I never locked my bike ever. As a person, I was gonna say, as a person who lives in a small town, so few bikes are ever locked. Yeah, heard of it happening and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've had many a bike stolen, but not when they were sitting out. Wait, really? Yeah, we've had bikes stolen from my barn. Wow. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, back when we first. Back when my parents first moved to this place, uh, where they're at, there was a lot of, we had a lot of like break-ins to the barn, and stuff taken, and then it got locked down more. Now it doesn't happen. Huh? How about that? But yeah, yeah. I lost, I lost my bike too. To that. Cool barn thief. Yep. A barn burglar. <laughs> Um, like and then uh, from that scene, we go to, and I'll let Andrew do the honors here. The Crying Brian Dern Show. Uh, oh, that's one of my best ones yet. Pretty solid. Where, uh, where Bart Rathbun is, is there to, uh, <laughs> to discuss uh, how Mayor Tom is, is doing with everything. Where um, do you think that money's coming from? Our back pockets. To help, like, like the very idea of him using city funds to help people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love how they like acknowledge that that's how taxes work. <laughs> it makes yeah. me very happy. Yeah, little known fact. <laughs> that is that is what taxes ideally should be doing. Yeah, yeah, and so. They go, they go forward to, you know, accuse Tom of a lack of leadership. The Dern calls the task force that Tom's assembling a smokescreen. They mm -hmm. complain about the increased taxes. It's just, it's not, it's, yeah, it's rough. The Crying Brian Dern show seems to be hitting more home now as an adult yeah. than it ever did as a kid. Because the well, thing is, and possibly in this era. Too. Yeah, in 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 the current media zeitgeist that we inhabit, there's a lot of this on both sides of the coin, where it's just like, y'all are just ridiculous, and you're just talking so much, like. Yeah. I know yeah. it's hard to believe it from a man who at least partially has three podcasts and never <laughs> shuts up in real life. But if I've learned anything as I've grown up, it's that the less I talk, the better. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of the things I found most interesting about this episode of Dern's show is I was just thinking about, like, Dern's talking about all this stuff, and he is really smart. Mm -hmm. He is, like trying to create this dissent and this conflict between people he's fueling the fire he's getting good ratings he's like he's got like a plan and is acting it out in a way that is bad but like really well done oh it's perfectly executed and then bart is just a buffoon yeah 100 percent and like I said, it hits very close to home considering the current media zeitgeist. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. I'm just like, we are, this is what we have now. Right. Like, all the time. Right. Yeah. Where it feels like, yeah, Bart's just this idiot who's like trying to say stuff and seem relevant. And Brian Dern is this malicious guy who's like, I can manipulate things to make money and cause like conflict. Mm -hmm. um and yeah it just it came across as way more sinister than i kind of am used to but then the then the show pulls a beautiful quintessential odyssey maneuver it fades out from being in the radio studio talking to connie listening to the radio show 
Um, mm-hmm. And I love it. Oh, it's so well done. And Connie goes like, oh, enough with your points. Like right yeah. as I think either Bart or um, Dern says, and another point. Like, like yeah. oh my gosh. Yep. And then, and the, yeah, and she switches off the radio and then Sam and Lucy, who are talking loudly about their frustrations, walk into wit's end. That way mm-hmm. Connie gets to ask, what? Expositional dialogue is expositional. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, so they had to walk the whole way back from Trickle Lake. Have they been talking on that entire walk this loudly about this thing? Also, in presumably terms so that Connie <laughs> gets baited into being like, what's going on, guys? And, you know, I'm just going to play Dylan real quick and just analyze the timeline of this episode really in-depthly, only because we have a metric as far as how far that they were biking and how far they were walking. So, realistically, right, if we have established that, like, a 10 mile bike ride is like a decent distance. We're going to, we're going to say that. So say that they're walking 10 miles after (laughs) having fished for presumably at least several hours. Yeah. And there's still daytime TV. No, happening. radio. He's radio. Yeah. He's radio. Okay. So we're, we're going to guess this is a prime time slot. So this is like six o'clock maybe seven, maybe, but yeah. Yeah, well, well, okay, we'll go seven. Those kids made incredible pace. I, I'm i actually unsure about that. So they definitely were leaving for the place in the morning. I think yeah. 10 miles is probably, like, maybe, it was probably closer to five, maybe mm-hmm. less. I don't know. And so they probably biked there in half an hour and returned back in an hour 15 or something. Like, it yeah the timeline does kind of work for me okay all right as long as one of us is as long as one of us is satisfied i'm 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 comfortable to move on yeah yeah um so uh what then oh that's right um where does sam get the phone call so that that happens in just a second so lucy asks um about jack because she was trying to get research from him for an article um at the beginning of this episode and jack's Mm -hmm. not around um but he did leave books out for her so lucy goes to get the books um with connie and right as they're walking up connie takes a call and it's for sam so she hands the phone over to sam and then the two of them leave um and there's this there's this very coarse voiced person who asks Sam to meet him at Wonderworld. Hmm. Yeah, and his he's doing like the uh the bad guy masking his voice voice thing. Oh yeah. And it's so oh, funny. Oh yeah. And uh yeah, and so the uh the um the per- no, what was I gonna say? Oh, so the bikes are in no, I'm jumping ahead. So he gets to Wonderworld and he's talking to this person. Um, he turns around, the person's in a mask, mm-hmm. um, and is like, follow me and we'll get we'll go to the bike. Uh, but don't follow too closely or I'll just run off. Um Yeah. Because so he are- wants to make sure his identity he doesn't get attacked. He wants to make sure his identity remains secret. Yeah. And so and so they uh they arrive at the cave. Um the or they arrive at a place it's a cave and that's where the bikes are. Mm-hmm. And Sam wrestles the mask off of the person and it's revealed to be Butch. Um mm-hmm. who was previously set up as he was like a new kid who was friends with Sam and then kind of got stolen away by the bones of wrath and has been making bad decisions ever since. Um, and, uh, so Sam's kind of being like, Hey, Butch, like you could, you don't have to hang out with them. You could come back and be friends with me. Wasn't that fun when we used to do that? And Butch is having none of it. Um, and then Butch leaves. Sam's there with the bike 
and he gets grabbed and is startled and we hear Jack's voice. Mm -hmm. And then the episode goes out. Yeah. That's spooky. Also, fun fact, and thank God for the AIO wiki. You know, I would say that this is the, uh, the, the third time I would say that. Um, piece of trivia at the bottom of the episode. When Sam and Lucy tell Connie on the grounds of Wits End that they're riding their bikes to Trickle Lake, she expresses surprise that they are riding their bikes all the way up there. It is later established in episode 513, one of my favorite episodes, Do or Diet, when Bernard Walton and Wooten Bassett run from Wits End to Trickle Lake, that the distance is around two miles. Well, there you go. Now two we miles. know. To get to yeah, so so the timeline. That's not a long before. bike ride at all. No, but I mean they're children. I don't know, and also up there, like Trickle Lakes, maybe is kind of in a mountainous area, so maybe there's some hillage involved that would cause issue. Oh, 100 percent. That's that's very much my what my imagination takes me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tr- Trickle Lake is in, um, is near wooded forest what, what's the forest named it's something stupid oh um <laughs> oh my gosh what is it one moment we'll see if the uh we'll see if the wiki can bail us out oh forest yeah. mountain forest, it's forest mountain, mountain. yeah i wanted to say i wanted to say it was something like that like like i don't know like stick forest or something like that yeah no forest mountain um anyways so so yeah <laughs> I can't get over that i'm sorry yeah it's forest great Forest mountain yeah but but yeah so so the uh the so the interesting thing here so the the plot synopsis on the wiki is like sam is grabbed from behind by an unseen figure but like it's jack we all hear him. We know that that's Jack. Um, and uh, also, there's an implication that someone's there with him, which obviously means Billy. Um, so, and I'm sure the next episode will get into this, but is, how did they know to find Sam at this cave? Uh, God? <laughs> well, so I have a potential answer, um, and we'll it. see what happens in the next episode. But so there, there's a chance that they didn't know to find Sam at the cave; that they were headed to that cave and came across Sam accidentally. Interesting. How so how I support this argument is the book, The Secret Cave of Robin Wood involves a secret cave that is by Trickle Lake. In the story, um, the, the, our main character of that series offers, betrays one of his friends' trust to offer this cave as a headquarters for the Israelites. The Israelites then find out about that and say, all right, like not only are we not using this cave, you are no longer going to become an Israelite. But that cave is near Trickle Lake. Yeah. So, potentially, Jonathan, or Billy McPherson, is taking Jack to this cave because he thinks it might be a good spot for them to bring back the Israelites. And it Hmm. just so happens that that's the cave that Butch is using. I have no idea if that is possibly true. We'll find out when we talk about it next week. But uh, that's my fan theory. I like it. It's strong. I blindly support it. I'm enjoying... (laughs) I am deeply enjoying the amount of uh, canon Odyssey information about this era. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm... I'm, uh... It's very nice to have answers to my questions. (laughs) Yeah. 
But, well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's all I have to say. Do you have yeah. anything you'd like to add at the end of this? Um, it, yeah, it's a good episode. We're obviously just setting stuff up. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I guess we didn't really talk about kind of Butch's change of heart in this of like, you can see that he is still like Sam's friend. Um, yeah. Because he didn't want they them stole, to steal the he bikes. He didn't want them to steal the bikes, and now he is returning them. Yeah. Um, and I just, I like that a lot. Um, I like that he does it all while being, like, secretive and, like, masking his voice and being like, ah, like, you're not going to know that, like, I'm, you know, going to be one of the good guys in this scenario <laughs> um, until he is tackled and forced to reveal that he is in fact one of the good guys in this scenario. Um, One of the uh, interesting discussion questions, what is the best way to fight evil, Dylan? With evil? That's what the Bible says, right? You know? 200 foreskins. Fight good with good and evil with evil. That's, That's the famous verse. Yep, yep, that's it. No heresy here. Yeah, don't don't repay evil with evil. Repay evil with evil. You just said the same thing twice. I know that that was the joke. Oh. <laughs> the, the the passage of the, of the Bible that says, you know, don't repay evil with evil, but repay evil with good. I yeah. was I was making a joke about no, like you you want you want revenge, an eye for an eye. It says that in the Bible, right? Oh gosh. If I had a dollar I mean, for every it, time somebody used that argument against me, I would have several dollars. I mean, it literally does say it, but it's giving it as a bad example. So. Yep. Uh, but yeah. Uh, no. Uh, like. I yeah. I think. Yeah, the, we are we are clearly throughout Scripture called to you know, repay evil with good to not, Mm -hmm. not just, yeah, to forgive, to not just be, you know, monsters to people who are monsters to us. Um, And I think if the evil of this episode is the vandalism, is the bikes being stolen, like, I think they're taking good routes, which is, hey, we're going to involve the police. Like, even Sam and Lucy are like, yeah, we just came from the police station where we reported our bikes lost. Like, it is... They're not taking the law into their own hands. They're not going out there and vigilanteing it up. They're being like, no, like, let's let's do this in in a good way. Um, Well, and and when you think about the... How that continues to happen. You think about, like, the significance and the power of Christ, like, I mean, obviously, like, yeah, if if we were supposed to respond to the evil in the world by defeating them in the way that we want to, it, you know, Jesus wouldn't have died on the cross. Like, Jesus right. would have been the king that everybody wanted him to be. He would have ruled over everybody, and he totally could have because he was all-powerful, but you know the the truth of the matter is what we what we see in in his life is that you don't destroy evil by killing the bad guys you destroy evil by showing an alternative which is what Jesus has done yeah so that's that's our episode folks yeah we uh yeah we i i don't I think that that's kind of a good place to end it. And uh, mm-hmm. unlike last week where I was plugs galore, I've got nothing really to promote this week. So Yeah, uh, I don't really either. I'm, I guess, I suppose, for all those who's, who care, uh, if, if you ever did listen to my Scrub soundtrack before, the two episodes that exist, um, that, will be, that will be coming back soon. Um, definitely within the month, but I will come back on and promote it when it's out so yeah if you have any vague interest in listening to me uh talk about the music in one of my favorite tv shows go for it 
Absolutely. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the next episode, 325, Angels Unaware. Goodbye, guys. Bye, guys. Wadfam Chalkpod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast co This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Fact. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at WadfamShockPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WadfamShockPod at gmail.com. Small Fires, Little Pools was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo, and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wadfam Shock Pod.